What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy. It's the Halloween Spookathon edition. Oh, my gosh. Can we start this again? We're going to talk about what's dead and what's alive. The Big 12. Oh, I remember that now. And the undead, Kevin Sherrington. The, yeah. the, the Big 12 uh, football is dead. So, Okay, great. Thanks. Okay, next segment, guys. Yeah. We're taking these in order, Barry. Hold right. on a minute, man. Let's go. Here's our first... Are you going to talk in this voice the whole time? I don't have a scary voice. It's scary, let me tell you. Well, well so how about if we just show your photo to everybody? Is that uh, scary enough? Let's open, you know, if we had a sound effect, like we were opening a vault. Yeah. That was good. How about that? Let's open this vault. And what's inside? Oh, it's the Big 12. The Big 12. You're saying the Big 12 is dead? Dead or alive, Kevin? CFP, is that what we're talking about, the college football playoff? Kevin. Yeah? It's a simple question. Pulse or not? Uh, no pulse, no. No pulse. What we had here, we had going into the weekend, we had two undefeated teams in the Big 12. You had your West Virginia and you had your Baylor. Uh, you know, they had worked their way up into the rankings. Baylor, Baylor was ranked eighth, uh, and so there's a good possibility. If those two teams had gone undefeated into the last game of the regular season, which was, I believe, December the 3rd, uh, that would have been a game Baylor and West Virginia in Morgantown. If those two teams had been undefeated and playing each other, I believe it's possible, only possible, that one of them would have gotten into the well, CFP. Would, wouldn't that have been even worse to have one of those teams go undefeated and have, still have no teams and not in, get in? In, in, in the Final Four? I think it's entirely possible. I, I think that if both had gone undefeated and West Virginia had beaten Baylor, then I think ba- West Virginia would have gotten some consideration because their schedule is a little stiffer than Baylor's. I think that the, that the, With the, the big difference being Maryland and Pitt. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, the the thing is, is that uh, that the committee was going to hold against Baylor what it held against Baylor, you know, two years ago, three years ago. So it, uh, it's, listen, it's that, the same thing. We live in an era of big data, and the CFP people have reminded us over and over again that that data point of a championship game, or that data point uh, in which you play a a non um, uh, an FBS, right? Uh, FCS. Opponent. Football Championship Series. FBS is what the Division One teams are. Or, Football or, Bowl uh, Series. Subdivision, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you, if you play an FCS team, I get this wrong every Yeah, year. I know. But if you play an FCS team, that's another data point that's going to be held against you. And both West Virginia and Baylor had that on their schedule. So um, from my perspective, the fact that these two teams have both suffered a loss now leaves no doubt that the conference is dead in the CFP. Uh, and what is does that have any impact on the conference long term, Barry? Well, I have a thought about this. 
and, and while you guys were yakking away, I, I just thought about something. What what if they come up with like kind of an NIT? Like you know, you know all those for, for college football. You know, the scariest thing on this podcast is when Barry has an idea. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like kind of college really, football. I'm really looking. Is. I'm looking at the AP poll, and we got we got a, a Big Twelve team at 12, 13, and fourteen. Maybe maybe they could have their own postseason tournament. The, the, let me, it, let me the, tell the, you what those are called. They have one. It's called the bowl. Bowl system. Yes, actually, they, they will go. No, to no, bat, no. I mean, a, bat I mean a chance. I mean a, a playoff. Another another oh, playoff. Oh no, 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 Barry. Let, let's let's talk about the the what is as it is. Here's the thing: is it dead long term now? Dead long? No, of course not. You you it's year to year. You know, leagues go from leagues come and go. The problem, though, for the no big, no no. Can, can I can I just interrupt you for one oh, second? Oh, sure, go it's ahead. dead as long as Oklahoma and Texas are not dominant teams. Well, that that is a, a, a big factor. But what I was going to say is is that I think what we have seen, and I and I wrote a column about this, and for the long term prospects about the the Big Twelve, is that. There's been so much division in this state of talent that it is – Texas is parsed over so much, not only by the Big 12 teams, but by Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And now, because of A&M's entrance into the SEC, that opened the door for all these other – they were already coming in. But now they're going to come in in, in even more numbers and more – Great talent is going to exit this state. It is going to make it so much more difficult for Texas and for Oklahoma to return to become the dominant teams that they were in the early 2000s. I think it's going to be difficult to return to the dominant type teams that they were two and three decades ago. But I don't think that – I think one great recruiting class gives you the – on any given you year, with the with the college football dynasty now, you know, it, two any, or three years, any given year, you can be really good. Right. You, you, no one's going to be Alabama in this league. No, you know, and 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 that's see to me, that's what's really remarkable. Well, and what all Alabama this, has is a national brand. Now, why Texas doesn't have that same national brand? Well, it's just what I told you. Because it, here's the thing: the, it, it, when I wrote in that column, was that look for for Texas great national brand, even back in the '60s. And in the early seventies, when they were, when they won all their championships, they got won, all their players from here. They, they got all their players from here. But here's the deal: four national championships. That's what Texas has in its history, in its glorious history. Four. You know how many LSU has? Five. Three. LSU, a little bitty state, it has got three national championships, and Texas has got four. Why is that? Because L, because LSU locks up Louisiana, and gets all the players from there, and then they pick off a few except others, for, except for Dak Prescott. Yeah, so so you you get most of the guys from that state, and there's undying loyalty to that. I think that there's something to that. I think that when and everybody in the state is for your team, as opposed to Texas, which has twelve Division One schools in it, and and several of them they're all playing in the same league, and that's why people were that's why it was going to be a disaster to me, not a disaster, but not a good idea if Houston had joined the Big Twelve. It's just another now you're putting everybody on the same level in the same state. That's not a good formula. All right, Kevin. Okay, I'm sorry to present facts to you, but go ahead. No, it's, it's a fine. It's a fine. I don't have any problem with your I argument. Just kind of said, "All right, Kevin." What was your next point? Next question. Next data point. Let's go to vault number two. Okay. Are you back to the voice? I can't. I don't have yeah, the sound. Ahead. You go forgot. Ahead. You forgot your voice. Your yeah, scary I voice. I don't have the sound effect. Let's open the door. Oh my god! Oh look, it's Charlie Strong. <laughs> Charlie's like, did, did you see the see the Charlie Strong quote uh, about Halloween? No. He said they asked him uh, at his press conference today. He said, uh, uh, "What's going to be your your Halloween outfit?" And he said, "I'm wearing it." Well, that was pretty funny. 
What is that? What, what, was, he, what was he wearing? The, yeah, just uh, wearing his regular it. outfit. That's it's self-deprecation, which Charlie's very good at. Uh, I'm good at something like that, kind of. Um, did Charlie? Listen, did did Charlie alive? Did Charlie Strong save his job by beating Baylor? No, he did not. Uh, I, but I will say this. Because that I believe that the Baylor the Baylor game was the toughest game he had left of the five games he had left that was the toughest. He is, let, let's run through this now. They have Texas Tech, West at Virginia tech, at Tech at Tech at Tech. They have home against West Virginia, I believe, at Kansas. Yeah, and then home against TCU. So Correct. that's their four remaining games. Four remaining games. So I'm going to ask you guys first, Barry. What what does he go in his, in his last four games? Three and one. Three and one. What do you say? Well, wait. First, of all. I, I don't know which game he'll lose. I know he he won't it won't be the Kansas game. It won't be Kansas. Uh, he should beat West Virginia at home in Austin, and he, and I think he should beat TCU. So I don't I don't know, but he'll lose one of he not he the uh, Longhorns. You're just saying that based on their track record. Based on their track record, there'll be a disappointing game in there. Somewhere. Okay, and Evan, what do you say? I'm going that he goes four and And Evan's yeah. trying to get one of his one of his uh, kids into. And if he uh, goes four and that gives him eight wins. Gives him eight wins. And does eight wins save his job? I think if you had gone into the season and said you get eight wins, uh, yeah, you would say that saves his job, especially with a win over Baylor and a win over Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame may be down, may not be as good as, as people expected them to be, but they're still Notre Dame. Notre Dame came back with a win over the weekend. Right. We weren't expecting that one. Who'd they beat? So uh, I have to go back and look, but I can't remember. I remember they were not supposed to win that game. They beat Miami. They beat Miami. That's right. That's correct. Uh, so... I, I th- I'm I'm I think both of those are good yeah. estimates. It's either going to be three and one or four or no. I'm with I'm leaning toward Evan. I think they can go four or no. I'm not impressed with with West Virginia. Uh, Skyler Howard from uh, Fort Worth, their quarterback, he's done a really nice job, but he doesn't really throw the ball down the field. That's the one thing I think you can do against Texas. I think you can go deep on those guys. Uh, Howard's game is all pretty much behind the line of scrimmage. You know, he's throwing, he's kind of dinking, dunking it all the way down the field. I think they can do that i think also that these teams are going to play are going to have a very difficult time with dante foreman he's a tremendous running back and uh, so but as as barry said and that's that's the thing you get with texas is they make mistakes and they do foolish things and i think one of the foolish things they do as a policy is the 18 wheeler package uh which has pretty much run its course as the way they the way they do it how about if they threw the ball Every now and then, out of that eighteen wheeler, with, with that, with that, maybe he is a quarterback. Tyrone Swoops, is, sweeps you're talking Swoops about. is is a quarterback. How about if he threw the ball once or twice out of that? I'm with you. He would surprise everybody. I'm with you 100 percent on this. And I thought early on when he was running the ball entirely, I the, the, my first thought was, this is great. They will do this, and it'll be a great package. And then when teams start to adjust and they load up everybody in the box, then he'll start to throw the ball. Because he he was a quarter is a quarterback and this is a good idea. Now I think another thing that that happened in that game and I, I didn't really write about because there was a lot of stuff to write about was that they used Tyrone Swoops as the backup running back uh, in essence. They did, and which to me was a, a little bit crazy because if you watched Tyrone Swoops in that game from the running back position, he would run into the line straight up, pretty much like a quarterback would run, and uh, that's not the way a running back approaches the line of scrimmage you got to get your pad level down and you got to be running at an angle and i thought what we saw in that game he was very ineffective being forced into that role all right i was flipping back and forth between um a disaster and the texas game um what was the disaster disaster 
uh, it was a disaster. Florida, Georgia. Did Georgia lose? Georgia lost. Um, Georgia always loses. But that's uh, why they're Georgia. Yeah. Um, did Texas not score what could have been the tying touchdown? They went for two, correct? They went for two, and it would have tied the score. Did they have a penalty on that play? Yes, they did. What moved them to the one and a half yard line? Let me let me set the screen. Uh, uh, the set scene. the scene for that. In this game, I, I did not count it up, but Bader had maybe five, maybe six times where they had trouble getting people on and off the field and, get, and got flagged for it. It was unbelievable. I'd never seen a team struggle so much to get the proper amount of people on the field. And in that particular play, they were lined up with Shane Bouchelle going for the two-point conversion, an empty set, everybody split wide from the three-yard line with the penalty. They moved it to the one-and-a-half, and so then they went with the 18-wheeler package. And then that, and that essentially – and so they, and on that play, we saw him take the, uh, the shotgun snap, Tyrone swoops. He hesitates and then runs straight into the line. I, I, and see, I just don't – to me, the, the math doesn't add up. The, the, the actual physics don't add up because if you have and, – and I know that this is not Texas's formation, but if you've got one yard to gain, don't back your quarterback up six feet, six yards. I agree. And, and to me, here's what you do in that. Plus, here's the worst part about that. Don't make them run seven yards. Who is the best running back in Austin on Saturday? Earl Campbell. Dante Foreman. Who's the best running back in the state? According to Charlie Strong, he's the best running back in the country. In the co- yeah, I was a little surprised to hear that. Well, I wasn't surprised. Eh? Cause you, can, if, if, you can certainly make an argument for it. He's, he's playing on a very poor team. He, he's, he's, he went over 1,000 yards. It's the first 1,000-yard rusher in, uh, that Texas has since Jamal Charles, which tells you a little bit about the problems that Texas has had. Jamal Charles has been playing in the NFL for quite a while now. So here's the thing. You got him in that formation. You got him split wide. He split to the left. You guys are all yawning. This is really good. This is good stuff. Listen. Did you, could did you hear that yawn? Is this, is this good stuff you wrote about or good stuff you didn't write about? Nobody could hear that yarn. I did, ahead, I, I did mention this. That Dante Foreman is lined up split wide left. So the best running back on the field is lined up as a wide receiver, and we're going to give the ball to Tyrone Swoops, who's going to hesitate from the, from the shotgun and then run into the line straight up. It was yes. not a good idea to do that. It, it, that play bothered me. And so um, then, and then they did it again in the next series. Uh, in the when they actually they kicked the winning field goal, they they had uh, they were trying to get the ball downfield, get as close as you can to set this up for Domain to make this uh, winning field goal. They get down there and they they run the eighteen wheeler package out there. Tyrone swoops one, runs wide right. They're trying to get to the right hash mark. Now, I get that, but he runs parallel to the line of scrimmage. Loses four yards. Makes loses it, four yards. Makes it tougher on the kicker. Makes it tough. I mean, it's one thing to get to the hash mark. It's another, it's another thing to do that. To do go to do it going backwards. Yeah. And, I, and I don't. And and they went anyway. And my point was in the column was that 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 Charlie. It's not just the fact that the that Texas hasn't been very good this year and that Texas has, has lost four games. It's the it's the fact that the way they've lost some of these games. It's it's the blocked extra points. It's it's drop touchdown passes it's decisions by the uh by the, the the head coach and the coaching staff these are the kind of things that are hurting charlie there, there are style points here and he has to remember that all right it's time to open another crypt okay <laughs> kevin's greatest contribution to this podcast who knew who knew he had this talent oh my god it's jim grobe jim grobe nice man he's dead
Yeah, I don't think that, that Jim's got a shot. I, I really do th- I think, you know, my, my friends in Austin at the Austin American Statesman interviewed uh, Mac Rhodes before Saturday's game uh, in Austin, in which Mac Rhodes says, you know, I haven't completely closed the door on uh, Jim Grove coming back. Liar. He said that before the game when they were undefeated? Yes, he yeah. did. Uh, so, look, yeah, here's the thing. When a guy says, I haven't closed the door, that means he's closed the door. Yes. If the guy says he hasn't closed the door when his coach is undefeated and in the top ten, right. means he slammed the door. Because here's the thing. Now I will say this: he may still he may still win ten games, uh, and, and so I, I think it's certainly possible. I don't think he will, but he, but he could. And and to me, that's a that's a, a crime if you fire the guy at that point. But they're going to do that. They hired Mac Rhodes. Why are they? But but tell me now why they're going to do that. Because they feel like that he's just a caretaker. They feel like he's not making any he's not making any impact here. You you retain the entire coaching staff except for a couple of guys. You right. you still have the same offensive coordinator, you still have the same defensive coordinator and they're and they're running the team. And you, you know, I was I was stunned. I know you were at the game, Kevin, because you wrote about the game, as you've told us. Thank you. And Evan, you that were, really offends and, Barry when I when I say and, that I've written something. Well and Evan, were you at a barbecue you were watching games on TV back and forth. But I I, I was stu- I was Diligently, dutifully glued to the Texas game, and and I just wanted to, and the Baylor game, same game, and and I just wanted to point one thing out, Evan. Look at me. I'm tired of looking at the back of your head because I'm going to start pulling pulling hairs out of, out of you. Hit him on the shoulder. So, but I just want to say, it, it was Steve Levy and uh, Greasy Brian Greasy doing the game. They never even they they talked ad nauseum about the coordinators, about. Uh, Bryles and about uh, Kendall, Kendall Bryles, Kendall Bryles and uh, Phil Bennett. Phil Bennett. They never mentioned. They never even. It was as if Jim Grobe wasn't there. They meet with people at 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 the schools before the game, and they, they and they were they were just telling you this guy is not coming back. Yeah, I don't I think the whole reason why the, the, the speculation is that one of the reasons Mac Rhodes got the job was because he was the guy who hired Tom Herman at Houston. And so they felt like if we could get this guy, certainly if we could lure him away and get him before Texas got him, then that would be great. Now, I think here's the question I want to ask you guys about this. As we all know, uh, we saw what happened last year uh, and this year with Les Miles. Uh, the constant question last year whether Les Miles would be back. A very emotional win at the end of the year gets him the the job. He gets to keep it. And then what happens? He comes back, and boom, they fire him after, what, the third game? Uh, yeah. Uh, so here's my question to you guys. If Charlie, because when we talked about how many games we thought Charlie was going to win, I think eight games does get him the job back. I think seven get, wins might get him the job back next year. And I, and I don't think he – it's not that he doesn't deserve that. He's only been there. This is just his third year. You know, how unless, how unless many, a guy does something really wrong, he should not lose his job. How, how many real recruiting classes has he had? He didn't really have a, a recruiting class that first year, did he? Well, He, I, he came in in January. I, I can't remember what the timing was. It was late. That, but it's a great point, and, and that's the thing. If we looked at uh, uh, if we looked at draft classes and, and seeing what Texas has done in draft classes – I looked this up the other day. If you look from 2007 to 2011, I believe they had 27 players drafted. 27. That was an average of over five a year. Since then, they've had 11 players drafted. That's a little over two a year. Not not good. There was two years ago they didn't have anybody drafted. You know how often that happens at Texas when no one's drafted? So Charlie has got a lot of young guys. He's he As a matter of fact, he benched four starters in this game, including Malik Jefferson. Now, Malik came in and played later in the game, but he did not start. So he's 
he's really struggling to get the right guys on the field, and 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 yet he has recruited well the last two years. But isn't it kind of the, the story of Texas's downfall that they brought in a lot of uh, recruits, highly regra- regarded recruits, who just didn't pan out once they got there? Well, that was certainly the 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 book on on Mac Brown was that early on this was considered a plus. Mac was the guy who, by getting early commitments from from players. Uh, that everybody started scrambling to try to get early commitments because Texas is signing all their guys, or not signing them, but they've got all these commitments from all these players right o- right off the bat, right? Well, then when Mac wasn't winning after he won the national championship and then he, then he lost a, uh, against Alabama in the championship game, then the book on Mac was that, oh, my gosh, he's taking these guys and he didn't see them play their senior year. They didn't play as well. They weren't as good. And, that, and you had other coaches saying that about him. You know, so – when you have other coaches saying that, that that really says something. So, so yeah, there are guys that didn't pan out. There's no question about that. Uh, you know, most of the time, the, if you look back in history, Texas has done very well in its recruiting classes, at least uh, going in when people said that, that, that they graded them. I will just say this to end the Jim Grove conversation. And I that thought we is, ended it already. Go ahead, though. That is uh, – and I understand what you're saying, and I understand what the reality is, but – the reality for Baylor at this point in time is they need to be more worried about integrity than they do about which coach they land. Um, they've got they've got significant image issues, and if they've actually got a guy who is a caretaker and who will run the program in a uh, clean, um, well-controlled manner, they ought not bite that hand. That's all I would say. Bite the hand. I like that. Well, if you're, you know, look, listen, one of the reasons why Jim Grobe is the coach right now is because he has an impeccable reputation. Right. Of, and, you know, and Grant Taft loves Jim Grobe. Right. And Grant Taft is the guy who went out and found him for this job as the interim coach. See, I would have loved to have talked to Grant Taft about this. Uh, is, 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 he coming on, is he coming on today? He's coming on right after your guest is coming on, Evan. That's, as I recall, that's the deal. Yeah. Oh, the one time I don't get a guest. <laughs> yeah. The one time? Oh, one let's, time? let's not pull back the curtain and let everybody see how we hate each other. Yeah, let's true. let's pretend to be friends. No, I, I, I say, here's the thing, and you're absolutely right about this. And and I think there are people there at Baylor who do want to do the right thing. I think most of them are on the, are now on the board of regents, uh, and that's why we read the story in the Wall Street Journal, quoting members of the board of regents about the Pepper Hamilton report, which we've never seen. Uh, we've just heard the, the the analysis of it or the summation of it. We've never heard anything else about the details. We got some details from these board uh, members. As a matter of fact, for something I wrote recently, I got an email from a board member who uh, wanted to tell me how much he liked it. So Barry, once again, making a remark about me saying something that I wrote, I had a point to make, but you had you had to go ahead and roll your eyes anyway. Was, well, well, tell us what the point is that you made. Barry that, did that, that, that audible sucking in of his breath. I was talking know? about the, 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 the fact that uh, Ken Starr had come out and said that the Art Browse was the victim in this, and I wrote a column about who the real victims were. Which leads us to crypt number four. <laughs> oh my god it's art briles <laughs> art briles is dead, art, alive or undead i, I think at this point that there was a real possibility that art briles could have gotten the job at lsu and, and maybe and you know he may still get that job uh but uh i think now that it uh, the we still see these waters stirred 
about what happened at Baylor. And I think that... Uh, See these what? I, waters I, I, I still think water the LSU stirred. job may or may not come to fruition. But there, there are schools like Washington State wow. out there, uh, Oregon Washington State. Washington State has Mike Lee. No, I know. But my point is there are schools out... There's somebody out there who will hire Art Browse. Well, here's the thing, though. What you have to remember about Art Can they Browse, not put a just cause thing on Art Bryles? Can the NCAA not put a just cause on there's him? There's no NCAA. Show cause. Infraction? Show cause. Show I think cause. it's a show, it's show cause. Show cause. There's there been no infractions. Okay. I mean, they have to be infractions yeah. first. Yeah. That's what follows you is the, if they have that. Right. Listen, here, here's the thing about you have to remember about Art Bryles and you talk about other jobs. Okay. If you want to talk about him going to Western Kentucky or someplace like that, uh, Art Bryles, born in Texas, went to college in Texas, has coached Texas high school football and has to- coached Texas college football. He's never lived or worked outside the state of Texas. All right. How about the University of Houston? Uh, Could he go there? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not positive. Tom Herman is leaving now. Okay, but if, if Tom Herman leaves, I don't think they'd hire him back. Yeah. I, I think there's a possibility they might. Kevin's an alum. He's he, and not only is Kevin an alum, he's a booster. I am not a booster. He's not a booster, and he's barely an alum. But <laughs> wow! But Kevin was Phi Beta Kappa at Houston. Are you kidding me? He was Phi Slamma Jamma. Um, one of the border regents, as you mentioned, one of the border regents, Jake Carey Gray, said this about uh, Art Bryles in the Wall Street Journal story. He said that that, that Bryles had failed as an effective CEO. To me, there are not more damning words that you could place on a college coach who wants to head a big-time program because that is what you are. You are a CEO. Well, what we heard from Art and also in that story was that what he supposedly told the Board of Regents as they all met. Uh, is this when he was breaking down? Yes, when he, he had delegated down and he just didn't know some of these things. And, you know, to me, it was very – it smacked of what Rick Pitino said – about what happened at Louisville when he had an assistant. An assistant was paying $10,000 to have hookers right. come to and entertain recruits. There is no way that that happened at, at Louisville without Rick Pitino knowing about it. He right. might skate on this, though. Uh, well, he, he may, and, and Art Bryles won't. I, I think that Art Bryles knew about the, the what was going on. But I'm not saying he knew about everything that happened, but I'm saying but that— But he should have known. He, he should have known. And, and it's that, his job to know. Here's the deal. What, what they talked about here, there was a culture here at this school. That's what the Pepper Hamilton report came out and said, was that there were uh, players that felt like there were not enough repercussions for what, hap- what happened there. And so that's, to me, that's the issue. You, I go back to what was said at the very beginning when all this happened. The, the minute that his second player was convicted of rape in two years, his second player in two years was convicted of rape in Waco, of all places. That is unbelievable that that could happen. And they both were convicted in Waco. Both uh, convicted in Waco. And and when reporters went to Art Browse, his response was, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate was the word he used. You know, we know Art Browse's daughters. If something, God forbid, ever happened to one of his girls, and, and she were to come to him and tell him about it, and he said, well, honey, that's unfortunate. That's that's unconscionable yep. that he would to me have that reaction when you have a program where clearly these players felt like you know what we can get away with this kind of thing. It's and, and again from that report, 
uh, J. Carrie Gray said we did not have a caring community when it came to these women that were that that we regarded uh, that re- that reached out to us and said they were assaulted, and that's not okay. You know what? And that falls on both the head football coach on everybody. and the athletic. Director. You know what the problem? The, you know what the problem is here. No one has seen. We haven't seen the Pepper Hamilton report. The public hasn't seen it, and everybody now is taking pot shots from their point of view. They're, they're, there's limited distribution of uh, of, of what. But what this is coming saying. from somebody who has seen the report. Yeah, these yeah, are yeah but we don't. We, regent members. Yes, but but you, we there's we don't know what the culpability of the board of regents was was in this either. And and everybody is looking to pass the buck or to, or, to, or to point the finger somewhere else. Well, you could say that you could say this unequivocally that that Bader failed. Oh, there's no no question from Ken Starr to Art Browse, but but the board of regents here is looking to cleanse itself. Oh, sure, and that may be true, but that doesn't mean. That everything, that doesn't mean that everything that's being said about Art Bryles and his failure as a Absolute CEO no. is not right. Now there may be more news to come out later right. on right, right. that indicates the right. Board of Regents failed as well. But at this point in time, it's you know you slop the mud on the on the next guy down the line. Kind of like this podcast. Yeah. But here's the, here's the thing too. You had so many Title IX complaints right. at, at Baylor. You you and, and and we know these are the Title IX complaints. We know that the Title IX office there at Baylor was a joke. And, right and and what has the Title IX coordinator done? She's resigned. She is resigned. The, the, new, the new one. one. The new one. Yeah. The, the previous. So here's the thing: we know that they were probably being discouraged, and, and in in those reports, the the football players made up ten point four percent of the of the Title IX complaints in a campus where they make up 05 percent of the population. Correct. Correct. All right. Let's move on to our final crypt here, and it's a very cool well, looking crypt. Yeah, I got it. It's very cool. Oh, and now I see why. It's Coach Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. He goes out and he beats Texas Tech. In, no, he, no, he beats TCU. He beat TCU. T- TCU. I'm sorry. Yeah, he is Texas Tech. He, he took his in and beat them in. He did. And and you know what? Now, I will say this. That team has been all over the map this year. Uh, it, it, they, they had a loss there against West Virginia in which Cliff Kingsbury said it's the worst performance I've seen by a Texas Tech team. He has coached there. He has played there. And for him to say that was really something. And I have to say this. It was. It was a pitiful performance and now they've come back now this tcu team is not very good right right Right. this is not a typical gary patterson tcu team but the game was in fort worth yes right and And i mean they did they were coming off of that game against oklahoma which was an absolute shootout yes and they were in that game yes they were all the way to the end and i will say this that is because of the player who i think might be the best player in the country and that's patrick mahomes when he's healthy you're a big Patrick Mahomes fan. Gosh, I'm a huge. How could you not be a huge uh, fan? Because, well, but I don't know because after that, uh, after this weekend when we spent time together, <laughs> bonding. Don't say it that way, please. Are there going to be pictures? Are you guys going to post photos? No. We're. Um, I'm not sure. Are you a bigger Patrick Mahomes fan or a bigger Deshaun Watson fan? Oh no, yeah, I, I like Deshaun Watson, but but if you if you're, I think he's really smart and I think he plays within their system very well. I not I can't tell watching Texas Tech sometimes because Patrick does so much that he's such a tremendous athlete. He can throw off his back foot. He, he doesn't he didn't need to set up the throw. You know, he does everything so well. He's 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 a tremendous player. Where you know, and so sometimes it's hard for me to tell he, he I think he has well, clearly he has to do so much more than Deshaun Watson has to do. Sure. Because he he doesn't have it he doesn't have that kind of team built around him. So so Cliff Kingsbury wins this game. He's got uh, they're four and four. They've got Texas coming up this week. That's in Lubbock. That's in Lubbock. Then he goes to uh, Oklahoma State, at Iowa State, and then finishes with Baylor. 
You, where do you see him finishing? Seven wins? Does he go three and one in that? No, he does not go three and one in that. I, I think I, I think he would struggle to go two and two. Struggle to go. I, those str- I, I, struggles I to go two and two. So he's six and six uh, after the season. Does 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 that get him a, another year on the job, or is it just plain coolness? I know somebody who is a uh, has some really strong Texas Tech ties, uh, a booster, and uh, and somebody who loves Cliff Kingsbury. And Same I, person? Yes. Okay. And I talked to him recently, and uh, I could tell that he thought it's going to be a little bit of a, of a problem. And I, and I think if they, that's why I think this was such a big win. I think there's a good possibility he, just, he ends up 5-7. and seven. That's not good either. Right. Uh, but it's not as bad as 4-8. and eight. So I, I think if he could get somehow, if he could win one of these last games and get bowl eligible – then I think everything's okay. He's got to win two of these to get bowl eligible. Oh, that's right. You're right. He's got to get two two games to get bowl eligible. He can win at Iowa State, and sure, I, you know, I, I mean, like as we've talked already, Texas is All it was a map. big win, but it's a schizophrenic team. They, they, Texas has a very difficult time on the road. I don't believe Texas has won a road game this year. And who knows? I mean, we all we we had talked about Baylor and being Correct. undefeated, but Baylor now has entered the tough stretch of their schedule. And so that could be a defeated team coming into Lubbock at the end of the year. The, can, the uh, problem for Tech is that they, just, they still don't play any are, defense. Are we not going to go behind the CFP door, or did we already do that? No, we, we haven't gotten to that. Um, you we said will, this was the final door. I want to know. If that was the final crypt. The crypt, I'm um, sorry. The one thing I wanted to ask you about also, um, can you real quickly run through the first names of the Florida State and Clemson coaches for me? You mean Jimbo and Dabo? Yes. You yeah. seem to be very fascinated by that. Oh, well, it looks at what in what other industry do you have a deal where the guys who the CEOs are named Jimbo and Dabo other than other than a garage? Okay? You know, like you just you just haven't embraced the southern the southern culture. That's yeah, your, I haven't embraced that. that I don't know. We that, met. That, a, that, I am that, the that, only one know. here who has lived my entire life in the southern. We're culture. In the we Southwest. met a pit, we met a pitmaster yesterday at a barbecue joint whose name is Tootsie. Well, and she's running a barbecue joint. Oh, it's so a female. I'm glad to hear it's a female. Yeah, it Tootsie Tomlins. Yeah. Um, by, and by the way, we were a little disappointed in her. Oh, her fair. No, no. We the, uh, t- let's be let's be fair. The here. rib was great. The rib was great. The, I didn't. It was not my favorite brisket. No, um, terrible, terrible. Louis Mueller's brisket that we had uh, from Taylor, from Taylor, and Pecan Lodge brisket were excellent. Out of this Fabulous. world. Um, Very hasty. Uh, did, did you did you bring any home for me? No. Barry, again with your kishkas, and you can't. You yeah, you can't, can't. Yeah, you can't eat it. I, I can't. It gets me for glumped and <laughs> I it love gives this me nourish. This is great. This is great. <laughs> um, all right. So very quickly, like Barry wants to talk about the the CFP, which is coming out very quickly. Comes out this week. Maybe. But what's there by to this talk time? About? It may have come out. What's there to talk about? Well, you can talk about other people besides the Big Twelve. Well, I mean, but, but I mean, here's, it's very cut and dried right now. If, no, if these teams win, right. if if these teams win out, Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, and Washington, and you can make the case with the exception of Michigan, most of these teams have faced their toughest test already. You were big on Utah before Washington played. Washington, Utah was Washington's big test. And they're gone. They and they're gone. And they lost. They okay, lost. so I don't see how a one-loss Ohio State or one-loss Nebraska is going to jump over an unbeaten Washington. Not not Nebraska. I'm I'm telling you, I know I know how these guys in the CFP think. They 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 kind of look with disdain on the voters, on the AP voters, and they think that we know football better than you. There is no. I can guarantee you, they will not come out. 
when that when that ranking comes out, there will not be the same top four. If there are, if there are, you're, you're saying it will not be Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, and Washington. Is that what you're saying? I think it's possible that Washington does not make the top four. And, and tonight, would be, uh, would be tonight, tomorrow night, tomorrow, tomorrow night. But, but, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night. But and so who will be there? And Evan, let's 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 get to the let's get to the bone of the matter here. Who will be there instead of Washington? Could be could be Ohio State because Ohio State because of Ohio State's win over Oklahoma. Yeah, well, because this, you know, what they look at. These are most of them are coaches, and right. they, they look at personnel, and they're gonna they're gonna say, okay, they just screwed up in that in that Penn State loss, right? <laughs> you know, which was a pretty big screw up. Uh, but I will say this: now Penn State all of a sudden is playing really. And I know it's just Purdue, but they put up right. sixty two points on Purdue, and I, they've been playing terrible before they played Ohio Purdue. State. I think I know. It's, they've I, been terrible before that. Again, I think it's it's going to be really hard for me to see uh, given given the. The quote-unquote data points that we like to use and data points being wins, it's going to be hard for me to see that the CFP committee will look at four unbeatens from Power 5 conferences, all of which play championship games, and say, yeah, but. Well, here's the thing. Did the Big 12 not have two undefeated teams last week going into the games? Yes. And what were they ranked? They were not ranked They were not ranked in the top four either in the poll. That's what I'm saying. They're 8-11. and 11. Right. So why is it then that Washington is because just because they're undefeated? The Pac-12 is no big deal this year. Why is it they should be ranked fourth? Well, so Washington, you may not know, has beaten a Big Ten team this year. Yeah, they beat Rutgers. Oh yeah, so yeah, right. You can make the you can make that's the whole, that's what I'm saying is that and, I, and Baylor I Baylor and West Virginia both beat college champion college FCS teams. That's a big yeah, way to go. There's a big difference between four and eight. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you that just because you're undefeated does not mean you need to be in the top four. That's the whole beauty of the, having these guys on the, in the, on the committee. If, if, you, if you trust them, if you trust them to make this judgment, is that we won't need a committee if we're always just going to say, oh, we're going to take the undefeated teams. You know, the, the beauty of this committee is saying that, no, sometimes we believe that this one lost team is better than this undefeated team. Why do you team. hate Washington so? I don't hate them. You I, do. The, no, no, the, the, I, I the, do, you, like do you like them. Starbucks? The beauty of the, which which should be the beauty of the committee, is that when you've got not something so delineated, because right now you've got four unbeaten's from major conferences standing in top four spots in the poll. It's very simple. You're you're, you're saying this for Washington and in the Pac-12. You were not saying that about Baylor and West Virginia in the Big Twelve. That's a Power Five conference. Why the difference? What, the the difference is both those teams played. Who did F- who's Washington beaten? They Everybody they played. They have beaten Rutgers. Yeah, who Rutgers? I don't Utah, know. Utah. They, Utah's a pretty good team. Utah's, Utah's a pretty good ranked, team. Utah was ranked seventeen. Uh, now you now you gonna have to look that up. While you're looking that up, I will continue to make my point here. I believe let's let's look past this week. I believe in the end that the four teams will be Alabama. Got it. I'm with you. The Big Ten winner. With you. And then uh, Clemson. And then the fourth team will be the Big Ten loser, if that is if that is Ohio State. It would be a Big Ten if team. If, if it's Michigan. Right. Ohio State with two losses, you, you've no, got no, to But Michigan out. with one loss, that would be a Michigan team that would not be playing in the conference championship game as that's well. That's correct. So that's that's who you're going. Michigan with. would be the fourth team in that, right? In that but scenario. but that would be but it, that would be a team that did not even play, not even get to the conference. I, I believe the only 
I believe the only conference that will get, that could and will get two teams in is the Big Ten. Evan, here's a good ender for this podcast. I totally agree with Kevin. I like that. All right, we'll see. Who are, who are the other teams that, that Washington's beaten? Look up their record. Rutgers, Idaho, Portland State. Wow! I believe Portland State is an FCS. Is Mouse Davis still running the offense there? I yeah. don't think so. I think Portland State had moved up. No. I to what? I believe you're incorrect about that. So incorrect. your big defense of, of Washington does not look so good. It looks completely and totally inaccurate. Yes. So my point is, is that I do think that I, two Big Ten teams could get in. Absolutely. If Ohio State beats Michigan. He's right. Let's end it. Yeah. Let's end it on a positive note. We're all we're all agreeing here. I don't agree. Yeah. Every, I okay. The experts agree. agree, Evan. I refuse to agree. The Listen, ex- Doug, just take us out of here. I I can't I I can't do Thanks this any longer. To our college ballsy podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans. See you.